This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. Warren, here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Hunter Biden's legal team is demanding state and federal investigations into how his personal information was taken from his laptop computer and shared. Biden's lawyers are also threatening a defamation lawsuit against Fox News' Tucker Carlson for allegedly failing to correct false statements about that information. Biden's team is also calling for those investigations into a computer repair shop and former Trump advisors Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon. Lawyers argue that they violated, they violated a number of Delaware laws in accessing, copying, and sharing Biden's personal computer data. It's an aggressive new strategy for teams representing the president's son. Okay, there's a big part of this that was not disclosed, and we've asked Miranda Devine, the incredible columnist, I think the most important columnist in the country at the revered New York Post, a paper founded by Alexander Hamilton, uh, Miranda, by the way, it's 3 February, the year of the Lord, 2023. It is Friday. Uh, we just had an hour with Matt Gates. Uh, we're cutting that up now so everybody can share those videos with everybody. A lot of breaking news in that hour. Uh, Miranda Devine, uh, the one thing that everybody, the, the left-wing media forgot to mention in all their breathless reporting is that I think uh, was I think the t- guy with the Tam O'Shanner actually <laughs> tracked down Hunter Biden and dropped a lawsuit on him and Abby Lowell then comes out and does this. It, it's a self-own. I mean, this this hearing are starting. We just talked to Gates, and we know all the, what's happening behind the scenes. They're they're rolling hard next week. Miranda Devine, what is your what's your assessment of all this? Good morning, Steve. You're absolutely right. Um, certainly, that's what John Paul MacIsaac, the computer repair shop guy, who's filed this defamation action against Hunter Biden. He's convinced that uh, Hunter Biden's silly letters that he got his letters to send out on Wednesday was a direct retaliation for that defamation suit. Um, Because uh, you look at the timeline, uh, John Paul MacIsaac had to hire private investigators to track down Hunter Biden because he's so elusive. Um, He's been living at the White House, as we know, and he goes off on holidays with his father and uh, he moved out of his original Malibu mansion. And uh, finally, they found him at Culver City, Los Angeles, which is actually where Kevin Morris, I think, keeps an office. Um, And that was on Friday. They served him with these legal papers. And uh, then five days later, this past Wednesday, came Hunter Biden's lawyer's letters, um, you know, which doesn't require any preparation. It'd be, you know, a few hours work for these very expensive lawyers and all their minions. And so uh, I think that Hunter Biden's concerned. I think that the Biden camp is panicking. And so they're doing the only thing they can do really is to go on the offensive. And because there are all these uh, democratic dark money donors who've poured millions of dollars into various groups 
um, that have been set up, like, for instance, David Brock's group Facts Matter, supposedly, um, to try and defend the Bidens from the upcoming storm that's coming out of uh, the House Republicans' hearings. Um, they uh, basically have gone on the offence and are spraying everybody with letters. And I, I don't think it's really an attempt to intimidate anyone because no one could be intimidated by these letters because they're just um, complete folly. There's nothing in them. Um, but uh, but I think it's really to twofold to set out their um, their kind of narrative, their false narrative. Uh, which will be swallowed up, holus bolus, of course, by the Washington Post, New York Times and the usual suspects. Um, and that will further muddy the waters. They're trying to disguise the chain of custody and draw some question into it, trying to pretend that, you know, John Paul MacIsaac is some shady character. Um, and, and also I think they're trying to distract from Joe Biden's classified documents problems, which are now bleeding into the Hunter Biden investigation in Delaware by the US attorney there, because of course they must. Joe Biden should have been part of that from the start because he's the product they're selling. And he's the orchestrator of this influence peddling scheme, which has been going on for four decades out of Delaware. So, so two things. I know you're pressed for time, and I really appreciate you, uh, and our audience always does, joining us. Um, n- number one, just technically, wasn't it a self-own when they first did yeah. this of actually admitting? Wasn't just, and then Abby Lowell jumps out with some statement yesterday. Well, we never said it's actually his. We just want the cyber crimes looked at. This was a massive mistake in a, in a cell phone on the eve of the storm hitting next week. Do you agree with that, ma'am? Absolutely. What a disaster. And that's why we had the big front page yesterday with a picture of Hunter Biden saying, it's mine. That's what that statement admitted. It admitted he is accusing people of stealing his laptop, of um, accessing the information and spreading it far and wide without um, lawful reason. And uh, that's wrong. Um, you know, John Paul MacIsaac had the work order signed by um, Hunter Biden, and obviously he was uh, authorised to access the laptop because how was he meant to fix it otherwise? Um, and so that was bogus. But, you know, inadvertently, the lawyers, who were these new lawyers, as you say, these very expensive lawyers paid for by these donors, um, they, they're not au fait with all the intricacies of the false narrative that Kevin Morris has been cooking up for the last year. So they inadvertently let the cat out of the bag that they have been so careful for two years to pretend that the laptop isn't Hunter's. And Hunter, when he was asked directly um, on, I think, CBS or something, um, when he was spruiking his his uh, book uh, last year, he said, oh, I don't know if it is. It could be mine. You know, it might have been stolen. could have been hacked. Maybe it was Russian intelligence. And then he's asked, well, could it be yours? And he says, well, yes, you know, certainly it could be mine. So, um, and, and Joe Biden, who knew perfectly well that it was Hunter Biden's laptop, has just lied nonstop, like he lies about a lot of stuff. Um, but on, on this, he stood on the debate stage, looked down the barrel of the camera, and he told the American people uh, two weeks before the election in 2020 that, no, um, this uh, laptop is a Russian plant. It's complete garbage. I want to uh, then go, you more than any 
reporter and you have a reported column and you're the author of the book, The Laptop from Hell, have done a probably the most magnificent job of, of a, really talking about how their apparatus runs with the brothers and their involvement, Tony Babalewski. When you say there's a coming storm in this House, uh, the House hearings that are start taking place right after um, the State of the Union next week, what do you anticipate? Do you anticipate that it's actually going to get into the the level of depth and, and breadth of, of what the really, when you talk about the Biden crime family and how this has been going on for decades and decades and decades, and then particularly the obviously the things with the Chinese Communist Party in Iraq, all of that, and in Ukraine, um, do you anticipate when you say a coming storm, um, they may be afraid of it. Are, are you enthusiastic or hopeful of what they're going to get to given the depth of your reporting and all this? Look, I am hopeful. I think that um, James Comer is um, a deceptively genial man. Um, he really has a mind like a steel trap. Uh, he is, um, you know, he, he reminds me a bit of Columbo, the TV detective, who sort of bumbles around. He's all very sweet, but really, there's there's a method in his madness, and uh, and he's very sharp. If you if you actually read the words that James Comer says, he's a lawyer. He's extremely careful with what he says, and he's extremely deadly, and he's extremely um, sort of even-handed. He says, for instance, when he's trying to get the um, National Archives um, to, to hand over information, he says, uh, or, or when he talks about this, even better, the Treasury Department, when he says that they won't hand over the suspicious activity reports pertaining to the Bidens, he says, look, having a suspicious activity report doesn't necessarily mean you've done anything wrong. Plenty of people have those. So if they've done nothing wrong, they should just give it to us. We're not making any judgments. Um, and so he's also, like his very first hearing, which is next Wednesday, is very cleverly designed because it's about the cover-up, which I think is even bigger um, now than the original story of corruption, which is as old as Washington itself. Um, this is a story about how the um, intelligence agencies and, and particularly the FBI, coerced social media platforms to censor our story and to run cover for the Biden family. And um, that will get into, of course, then the FBI covering up, um, hiding the laptop, hiding Tony Bobulinski's five-and-a-half-hour interview and the uh, contents of his three devices that he handed over before the election. They did nothing with that. They never contacted him again like they said they would. And he was never called as a witness before that Delaware grand jury investigating Hunter Biden. Um, so uh, I, I think that um, when we see that hearing next week, we'll really be able to get a feel for where James Comer is going with this investigation. He's called J J Jim Baker as uh, first witness and also um, a another lawyer from Twitter and Yoel Roth, who is the Twitter's former chief censor who is the guy who, in a sworn statement, uh, let the cat out of the bag again on the FBI. He said the FBI came to Twitter before the election and warned them about uh, a dump of Russian disinformation that was to come before the election and that it would likely happen in October and be about Hunter Biden. So Yoel Roth will be there under oath, as will Jim Baker, the former top lawyer, general counsel at FBI, who fortuitously shows up at Twitter eight months before the 2020 election and proceeds to run interference on anything that could be damaging to the Biden campaign, including 
our first story on October 14, 2020, about Joe Biden and, uh, and what it tells about his involvement in his family's influence peddling scheme uh, from the material on the laptop. So um, that will be fascinating. By the way, if you want to get up to speed between that, and I know the audience does, the laptop from hell is absolutely must-read to prep this. Last question. You have been on this uh, like a dog on a bone for a couple of years. Is Tony Babalewski, is his five-and-a-half-hour tape and his testimony live before the country? Do you believe that that's the key that picks the lock here? I think it picks part of the lock. He he has the Chinese uh, one of the big chi- biggest Chinese deals with CFC, which is uh, not just a Chinese energy company, but is a uh, the, basically the capitalist arm of President Xi Jinping's Belt and Road Initiative. And uh, for the last two years of Joe Biden's um, pre- vice presidency, um, the Biden family and their various uh, partners in America were traveling around the world uh, doing the bidding of the Chinese Communist Party to try and expand Belt and Road, which of course is a direct threat to the United States. That was using Joe Biden's name and the power and the prestige of the vice presidency. Um, so that's what Tony Bobolinsky has. And of course, you know, tens of millions of dollars flowed out of CFC into the Biden family coffers. Um, but he doesn't have the other part of the equation, uh, because he wasn't—he he only signed on with the Bidens for that that last part. Um, he wasn't there for the Ukraine, um, Russia, uh, you know, uh, all, and the early China stuff. BHR, B, BHR, which we can't forget. Hunter, I believe, still owns ten percent of that equity firm. Um, uh, but you know, his lawyers say he doesn't. But I mean, look—if you look at Chinese uh, stock websites, it appears his company still does Skinny Atlas. And if you look at the American sites, Skinny Atlas is still owned by Hunter Biden, although it's gone into some sort of, it's in some sort of freeze because he hasn't paid some bills. Um, so uh, I, I think there's more and you and, and, he, and they will get that because they will be able to subpoena people like Eric Schwerin, who really is the key to everything financial in the Biden family. He used to do Joe Biden's tax returns. He shuffled money between Joe and Hunter's uh, bank accounts. So he knows a lot and he's been subpoenaed. Eric Schering, real quickly, uh, what's your uh, Twitter handle? How do people get you on social media, Miranda? At Miranda Devine everywhere, Steve. Thanks a lot. We're going to make sure everybody buys the book, Miranda. They have to. Miranda Devine. From the revered New York Post. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business church, or nonprofit, and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. 
And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bass. Okay, breaking news for the War Room Posse. And far be it for me to say the War Room did this. But you notice we started the show. I was mocking today's Financial Times of London, right? The headline. We talked about the uh, Chinese uh, spy balloon with Congressman Matt Gates. I read the headline, Blinken to meet Xi during landmark China visit in sign of thawing relations. And I think I said that didn't age well. Just came across the wire, ladies and gentlemen. Tony Blinken has canceled the meeting in China. Tony Blinken and the Biden regime has now responded to the outrage of the American people. Why are you, the, the, the uh, relationships are not thawing. Cortez, we got to talk about the economy, and obviously it's inextricably linked, unfortunately, with the CCP. But this is another blockbuster. You know, the Biden regime, against all evidence, all evidence, pushes this narrative that relationships are thawing. Let me be blunt. From an individual that is the first civilian in American history to be fully sanctioned by the Chinese Communist Party, three minutes into the Biden administration, his hand went even off the Bible when Peter Navarro and I were sanctioned by the Chinese Communist Party, and not one peep from the State Department ever about that. You know why? Because the collaborationists with the Chinese Communist Party in the Biden regime wanted it. The, the relationships are not thawing. The Chinese Communist Party is at war with the citizens of the United States of America, the nation right. of the United States of America, every aspect of it, and, they're at, they're, and they are at war with their own people. Look at the COVID lockdowns. It was, a, it was Lao Beijing getting in their face saying, we can't do this anymore. And now they just ripped them off, and, you know, of course, they say they're going to die, but because they don't care. The, the enslavement of the Chinese people is the basis of the business model of the party of Davos. That's why she was welcomed as a hero in 2017, a couple of days before uh, President Trump's American carnage, magnificent uh, inaugural address for his first term, which he's going to win the third time to serve his second term. Just do the math. Steve Cortez, given your understanding of geopolitics and global capital markets in the world economy, sir, are there thawing relations with the Chinese Communist Party, sir? No, no. If anything, I would say things are worsening, things are hardening with the CCP. Why? Because the CCP is increasingly imperiled, particularly at home. The Chinese Communist Party in recent decades, Steve, has made a bit of a devil's bargain, a bribe, if you will, with the Chinese people. Uh, you will accept our tyranny and our subjugation, but we will deliver economic growth to you. That's been effectively uh, the, the putrid bargain that has been made between the CCP and the Chinese people that has more or less led to a detente, right? The people haven't demanded very much of the CCP. And for the most part, for the last two decades, I think through a lot of economic smoke and mirrors, the CCP has been able to deliver also through tremendous abuse of American workers with the complicity of the American ruling class. But all of that is unraveling right now. And we see the economic numbers and the economic downturn 
in China uh, is careening lower as the Chinese economy crashes into a ditch because it can no longer no longer sustain the debt that they have amassed. And this is critical, a very weakened U.S. consumer, and we're going to get into some of this data on just how weak the U.S. consumer is, uh, a, a U.S. consumer is not something that the Chinese model can handle. China is still totally dependent for its growth on the United States consumer because, again, they were able, unfortunately, in a bipartisan way to co-opt the ruling class of the United States, both permanent Washington as well as the C-suites of corporations. Um, and they were able to become such the, a key, the key element of the supply chain of the United States, uh, which eviscerated American manufacturing, hollowed out communities all over the United States, but it allowed China to produce a lot of growth over the last 20 years. All of that is now suspect and at risk in large part because the American consumer is so weakened by Joe Biden. So ironically, the person that the Chinese Communist Party uh, was able to corrupt in the family, the Biden family, that very person is the, is the man whose policies are so weakened in the U.S. consumer that it is going back, it is boomeranging back to China and creating massive problems for the CCP. Uh, Steve, walk us through your assessment. There have been some numbers out the last couple of days. Biden's high five, and, and, uh, but I think they're right. keeping their streak going. The Cortez, as Cortez really looks at the reality of the lives of the working right. class and the middle class in this nation, it's not quite the, uh, they're, not, they're not quite uh, breaking the champagne bottles out right now no. and uncorking the, uh, the Vive no. Clicquot, right? Not, not, not Vive Clicquot, not cold duck, because they can't afford that either right now. And that's the sad reality in America. <laughs> Uh, it, look, let's let's look at this by the numbers. And by the way, speaking of numbers, okay, a good payroll number, the the, the headline number, five hundred seventeen thousand, much better than expected. Uh, but we need to look underneath the hood. We also need to recognize that that is a backward looking number. Let's look at what is happening right now and what what the trends project going forward, which of course is far more important. So let's look at chart number one. Like let's look at the state of the U.S. consumer because I made statements about how. Uh, how imperiled the consumer is, but don't take my word for it. Let's go to some of the biggest names in the consumer space. And in fact, the biggest name, which is Amazon. And by the way, I realize that the audience does not like Amazon. The, the, the three sort of A's gave their earnings reports yesterday. All of them failed miserably. Amazon, Alphabet, which is Google's parent, and Apple. Uh, I understand we don't like any of those three companies, but they still provide an incredibly important read into where the U.S. economy is, and particularly the consumer when it comes to Amazon. So so as that headline from MarketWatch indicates, uh, Amazon had its worst holiday quarter since 2014. Okay, that is very significant. We talked about that a lot on this show heading into the Christmas shopping season, how tough it was going to be for the U.S. consumer, at least according to Amazon, which is ubiquitous regarding the consumer. We now know that was an accurate projection the worst holiday quarter since 2014. But in case you think that it was somehow peculiar only to Amazon, look at Apple. Apple's Christmas shopping season down 5% over last year, and they had their first drop, a quarterly drop, since 2016. So the consumer is in a lot of trouble. The consumer is spent. The only way the consumer has dealt with Biden's economic stagnation uh, and really stagflation, because of course it's a stagnant economy plus inflation, has been through massive credit card spending, a, a gig which unfortunately is up with rising interest rates. So let's go to chart number two and let's look at the wage picture. I think this is important too. And this is from Kathy Jones, who is the uh, fixed income chief strategist for Schwab. So this is not some right wing uh, uh, partisan. This isn't somebody from our side of the aisle. She points out that even within this 
strong headline number when we look at the details. And this is a quote from her. She's talking about the wage gains, uh, which are not nearly enough to keep pace with inflation. She says, quote, not strong given the increase in jobs. And she further goes on, quote, suggest lower wage jobs led the hiring. So in other words, Steve, listen, it's a good thing to add jobs, but the reality is when we look at the data, these were predominantly low-wage jobs that are not even coming close to keeping pace with Joe Biden's inflation. That's why we have 21 straight months and counting of crashing real wages, meaning your income adjusted for the goods and services that you need to live your life. Now, let's look at the third element here. If we go to chart number three, because we've been talking about the consumer side, let's look at the business side. Let's look at manufacturing and production. Unfortunately, things are probably even worse on that side of the ledger. This is U.S. equipment sales, uh, excuse me, equipment orders. This is going back to the beginning of 2020. So the beginning of the pandemic, basically through now, as you can see on the left side of that chart, not surprisingly, new equipment orders, capital goods, those orders plunged during the lockdowns, not surprisingly. Now, thankfully, they bounced back just as fast and in fact, even faster with the massive rebound, the Trump boom 2.0. But then if you look starting January of 2021, once Joe Biden takes office, what has happened ever since? A demonstrable downtrend to the point where we are now, looks like, about to go negative again for the first time since the lockdown. So on the consumer side, on the manufacturing side, capital goods, every forward-looking indicator um, is frankly miserable for this country. So corporate media is going to try to celebrate this report. They're going to try to gaslight the American people and pretend that things are fine. Thankfully, polling shows us that the vast majority of Americans know otherwise because, you know, Steve, sometimes you can spin people about certain issues, right? If they don't have a personal stake in it, you can't spin people about their personal bank account, about their spending, about the kitchen table reality that they face every day. Uh, and that continues to be, despite a good headline number today, that kitchen table reality continues to be incredibly dire. And this is the important point, Steve, it's worsening. Okay. It's worsening. So there needs to be a sense of urgency out there, particularly for the GOP house. Really, and, and, and one of the things that's just keeping this carcass going is this massive federal spending, which is increasing right. the, the deficit, increasing the total debt, increasing the interest rates. All of it's got to stop. Steve, uh, you're on fire. I want to make sure people can get to your content, particularly Substack, and tell about the, 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 the explosive nature of your Substack piece the other day on the, on the ingrates in, uh, in New York City. Talk to us about that. Yeah, obviously people are fired up. I don't blame them. My most recent article on Substack, Immigrant Ingrates, uh, the, the, the numbers of people reading it is about five times my normal. Um, and that's that's without it being posted in any major platform. It's only on my own Substack. It wasn't on, I put articles at Newsweek, Real Clear Politics. This one was not. Uh, and it got five times my typical readership, which is normally pretty strong, not to pat myself on the back. But this one really exploded. It really popped. Um, and it tells me that there is understandably and correctly um, a lot of anger out there at this situation, right? At our open borders, the fact that we tolerate it, the fact that we are paying for these people, and the fact that a certain portion of them have the gall to actually be ungrateful to this country and to actually protest about the accommodations that we are providing for them in a time of economic angst for the citizens of the United States who must always be our priority. So I encourage the audience, if you haven't read it, please take a look. You can find me um, on Twitter. I'm at Cortez Steve, Cortez with an S, and then it links to my Substack from there, uh, uh, Immigrant Ingrates, about these malcontents, rabble-rousers, many of them causing a lot of problems in New York City who dare to bite the hands that feed them, the American hands that are feeding them when they came to our country, uninvited, unvetted, 
unwelcome, um, and yet act as if they are entitled already, only having been here weeks or months. Steve Cortez, honored to have you on here. Thank you very much uh, for your update. And Biden keeps a streak going as monitored by Steve Cortez and also the working class people in this country. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks, Steve. Okay. Um, uh, Cortez, a, a, a Tennessee boy now. We're going to turn back to Memphis. Michael Patrick Leahy and Newsweek have broken, really, I think, an incredible story about Mr. Nichols. Back in a moment. Friends, you have to be blind not to see what's going on around the world. We're facing worldwide chaos on a whole new level. And it could all hit home really quickly in the form of food shortages, not to mention sky-high prices for basic groceries. That's why so many people are stocking up on emergency food right now. This food stays fresh in long-term storage, so it's ready when you need it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company. And right now, they're knocking 200 bucks off their three-month emergency food kit. That's $200. Just go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com to get this kit. Your kit comes packed with delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Enough to feed one person for three solid months. Be sure to get one kit per person in your family so you don't run out. You'll save $200 per kit by going to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com. My Patriot Supply wants to make it affordable for you to protect your family. So don't delay. You get free shipping also. Go to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com. Take action. Do it today. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. If you go there, you got MyPillow 2.0. Folks are raving about this. So go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. You get the special buy one, get one free. We launched it here on the show on Monday with uh, with Mike Lindell. So make sure that uh, you take advantage of this, particularly if you liked MyPillow 1.0, if you love that pillow. This one, you're going to double down because it's incredible. MyPillow 2.0. You get it by going to MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM, buy one, get one free. Make sure you take advantage of it. Also, uh, CPAC, CPAC.org slash WARROOM, 47 bucks off the general mission ticket. You get there, you get into that. You'll be part of our studio. The Real American Voice is doing the studio again with audience participation. You guys will be right there. The turning point in a CPAC Dallas. Folks absolutely loved it, so we want to make sure. Everybody is uh, can participate. We're looking forward to meeting everybody. This will be the big gathering of the tribes to kick off and to launch uh, into 2024. So there's going to be a lot there. President Trump is coming to speak. So many other dozens and dozens of other speakers, workshops, breakout rooms, all of it. Best networking you can do is going to be held in Washington, D.C. this year at the National Harbor. So make sure you go to cpac.org slash warm to get your discount, $47 off the general mission ticket. I think the ticket after is like 240 bucks, 248 bucks. Go check it out. Look forward to seeing everybody. Um, Michael Patrick Leahy, incredible job in this uh, situation of Tyree Nichols, uh, Mr. Nichols out in Memphis. They had his celebration of life or his funeral yesterday. Very disturbing because it just never made sense when why it happened. I think the, the authorities have been terrible about the information they've put out. Obviously the video, but the video, more questions than answers because it looks like he was tortured, essentially. Um 
you and your team at Tennessee Star went and asked the right questions of the police department, then Newsweek magazine followed up, and now we have a real thing. Explain to our audience succinctly what exactly your theory of the case has been here and why now Newsweek shows that the prosecutors are actually taking this as a very relevant uh, means or, or, or lane of inquiry, sir. Five former members of the Memphis Police Department, all black, all members of the 40-member Scorpion unit, were arrested last week and charged with second-degree murder in the beating death of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols, also black, uh, stopped, beaten on January 7th, died on January 10th, as you mentioned, his funeral earlier this week. On Tuesday, uh, we approached the Memphis Police Department uh, to get a response on rumors, the rumor that A, uh, this was targeted because he was having a personal relationship, the victim, with one of the police officers who beat him to death, uh, and that they were allegedly members of the Vice Lord Gang. Um, they responded on Tuesday and said, uh, in a non-denial denial, basically, they said there's no evidence to support that. On Wednesday, Newsweek followed up with the district attorney's office and the district attorney's office confirmed that they are investigating uh, these reports. That moved the ball forward. We have contacted the Memphis Police Department to get more information on who supervised these five former police officers. And the Memphis Police Department now has gone silent on us, Steve. They're not responding. So what is this, given what um, Newsweek found out, I mean, what, what's your take on this thing right now? Well, if you talk to anybody in Memphis, uh, the rumors of people who say they've talked to people within the Memphis Department, Police Department who say one of the officers uh, did have a personal vendetta against Tyree Nichols, and this was uh, one of the allegations that Newsweek investigated or uh, said that the Shelby County DA is investigating that one of the officers took photos of Tyree Nichols after he had been beaten and texted them to his ex-wife or ex-girlfriend. That is one of the rumors they're, they're looking into. There's no way, Steve, that this was a standard traffic stop. Every traffic protocol was violated. This looks entirely to be a hit, a planned execution of Tyree Nichols by these five police officers. It also then raises the question of the charges of second-degree murder versus the premeditated nature of this. I mean, this is what struck me at the very beginning. Why would, would – did this guy have a previous record? Was he a gangbanger? Was he a drug dealer? It doesn't seem like any of that's true. He was working the swing shift at FedEx, seemed to be a pretty good employee, living at home with his parents, heading home to his parents not that far away after working the swing shift, you know, late at night. Um why were there that many officers? Why were that many cars? These guys were for a special group, the Scorpions. Did he have any nefarious activity? Nothing's come forward on that, so it doesn't seem to be it. Maybe they're holding that out of the investigation. How are they handling the, 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 the media? I mean, what are they putting forward here? Because, you know, at least this seems to be a, an area of inquiry they ought to be updating people on. If they answer they that to be, the... To the Newsweek, and it's interesting, the, main, the main, MSNBC and CNN won't touch this, this part of the inquiry, sir. They won't touch it at all. And interestingly enough, the local newspaper there, it's a Gannett publication, the Memphis Commercial Appeal. Today, they have a story, kind of a puff piece, on what a tough year it's been for the police chief there, Sarah Lynn Davis. She's a black woman who came there 
of uh, uh, a year and a half ago. She's the one who set up this special unit, the Scorpion unit, that we're trying to get information on. They're not providing it to us. Who supervised them? Who trained them? What are the records uh, that these five now fired police officers who've been charged with second degree murder? What are their records? We can't get that right now. I Let me tell you what I'm uh, concerned about. I think there's a possibility to keep this from all coming out to the public that the district attorney, who is a Soros-favored district attorney, will try, will cut a deal with these police officers and uh, not have this information, whatever the information is, come to the public. That's a real concern. That's why we are all over this story. We have a full team going into looking at all the details here, Steve. Okay, Michael, well, you're one of our strategic partners to keep us up to date. Incredible work by the Tennessee Star, part of the Star News Network. Michael, Patrick Lay, how do people get to all of your different news outlets that come under the umbrella of the Star News Network? TennesseeStar.com, TennesseeStar.com for this story, TheStarNewsNetwork.com also. And you can reach me at Michael P. Leahy on Twitter, Getter, and on Truth Social. Michael P. Leahy, another Irishman, just like you, Irish-American. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, Another dumb I have that okay. Irish paper as well, Stephen K. Bannon. You have the, I didn't catch that. You have the fa famous what? I have the famous Irish temper, like, oh, another Irish American, Stephen K. Bannon has. Uh, oh, yeah. No, as, I, I, I know that. Leahy and Bannon run a little hot, let's say that. Run Michael hot. Patrick Leahy, thank you. Great, great job. Great job. Thanks, All over uh, Memphis. Uh, Darren Beatty. Darren, uh, you're on, and you've got this amazing article. Um, in Revolver, which has so many amazing articles every day. But I want to ask you, you know, Breitbart had, I think, an exclusive with Thomas Massey, who I know you're a, a big fan of because of his, you know, Massey's from MIT and just, I think, one of the biggest, if not the biggest brain in Congress. He's in the top two or three. Uh, and it's about Thomas Massey saying, hey, this Ukraine madness has got to stop and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make it tough for them to fund any of this. We had Matt Gates on here earlier today talk about there's an effort underway to force Biden to come to the Congress under the War Powers Act and at least, you know, walk through the plan. Uh, we, we started the show by saying, you know, this headline in the, in the FT that that Biden's going over to or excuse me, uh, Blinken's going over to Kowtow to the CCP. And the headline is because of thawing relations. That's how the Biden administration at the same time, we've got a, a spy uh, balloon. Oh, by the way, the CCP just put out a press announcement. It's in fact not a spy balloon. I think it's a weather. It's a civilian weather device, and it's uh, it's a civilian weather device, and it inadvertently blew off course. And so, uh, you know, they're they're a little embarrassed, but but nothing to see there. Uh, BD geostrategically, because you're one of the intellectual leaders like Gates and America First. Uh, before we get into the dollar situation, give me your, your perspective on Massey, Gates, the House, the Ukraine war, which are now told that unless we give another uh, huge tens and tens of billions of dollars, that oops, in fact, Putin's not only not beaten and we're not heading down to liberate Ukraine in a, in a, in a, in a spring offense with our tanks and the German panzers, excuse me, the German leopard twos, um, Actually, Putin somehow Shazam has 500,000 troops on the Ukrainian border and is about to go and launch a brutal winter offensive of which the brothers in Russia know how to do. And, you know, Kiev might fall. Darren Beatty, 
thoughts, analysis, observations, sir? Well, you know, Thomas Massey, along with Matt Gates and a handful of others, are really the champions when it comes to advocating America first foreign policy. So I really congratulate Massey's efforts on that. And the question really is, what is our objective? What's our end game? Um, do we want to be in a position where we're just forking over hundreds of billions of dollars indefinitely to something that we even seen what the use of this, where's the money going? We know it's going to the Lockheed executives and the Raytheon executives and to the corrupt oligarchs in Ukraine and the, the region. But how is this actually benefiting the Ukraine, much less the people of the United States, which should be the primary concern? I don't think there's been any clearly articulated statement regarding where all the money is going, what it's doing, and what our expectations are. And if anything, it simply serves to prolong this conflict, thereby increasing the probability of some kind of calamitous escalation that would be in the interests of nobody. And in the meantime, what it also does is continue to prolong the immiseration of the Ukrainian people who at this point would probably be far better served, as would their Russian counterparts, to a cessation of hostilities at this point. And that's something that all of these $100 billion checks to our sugar babies in Ukraine just doesn't facilitate. You know, we're talking about this morning, we're talking about a way to force a Biden regime to come to Congress and, and go, you know, do a war powers resolution where they had to lay out their strategy, their tactics, their objectives, the cost. Should we on our side of the football force the Nikki Haley's and the in the in the in the Mike Pompeo's to do the same on our side of the football to walk us through their war what would their war powers resolution? They all want to be president, commander in chief. Shouldn't we shouldn't we have those folks actually step forward and give us give us their over view of exactly what they, because these guys are, they're lathered up about Ukraine, sir. Absolutely. And I mean, frankly, I would be shocked if either Pompeo or Nikki Haley um, paid any deference to the war powers or to the authority of Congress when it comes to um, involving the United States in military conflicts. I think to some degree that's been a thing of the past. Unfortunately, I would love to see its restoration. And if anyone can do it, it's Massey and Gates and others. But no, Nikki Haley and Pompeo, they're, they're, they're the same creature, basically. Um, Pompeo, you know, he's, he, he lost a lot of weight. <laughs> but So I, was, I can't make the joke that I was going to make, but he lost a lot of weight. He's the same creature as Nikki Haley, and they're both in the direct service of the military-industrial complex and the national security state. It's, it's obvious to anyone who can see. And, you know, more people understand that in relation to Lindsey Graham because he's such a known quantity. But I think even more dangerous than Graham because people aren't aware are people like Pompeo and Nikki Haley who have more plausible sort of pro-Trump bona fides because they were in the administration. But in terms of foreign policy, their agenda is diametrically opposed to the America First agenda. Okay, uh, Darren, you got some amazing pieces up on Revolver. We're going to go through this about the American economy, uh, the U.S. dollar, all of it. Short commercial break. Darren Beatty joins us on the other side in the war room.
Fair warning. Listen to this convicted home title thief explaining what happens when he forges your home's title and takes over as the new owner. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance. It's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. You're living in a delusion. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, it's 60 to 90 days for that person to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You start getting foreclosure notices. You've got four mortgages on your house. You don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it. Here's how to protect yourself and verify your home's title is still in your name. Visit HomeTitleLock.com promo code radio. Then register your address for your no obligation home title report. A hundred dollar value you get for free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code radio. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want, the way you want. Download now. Okay, Darren B. from Revolver joins us. Darren, before we pivot to this great article, I just got to ask you about, we had Gates here, weaponization of government. The hearings start next week. It's going to start in the social media. I think Baker is the first witness, the, the, the former FBI counsel. What, what, what do you anticipate is going to happen, and how is Revolver going to cover this? Well, that's a great question. I think it's a good place to start, um, especially in conjunction with some of what we learned from the Twitter files. But really, Revolver, as we've been on this and War Room has been on this for a long time, that the bottleneck in terms of censorship has always been the national security state, whether internal to these bureaucracies or to the multiplicity of sort of NGO cutouts that have become sort of the epicenter of this disinformation industry and disinformation journalism. And so I would hope that all of this is exposed in the course of these hearings, um, that the focus isn't simply on the malfeasance within technically these bureaucracies themselves, FBI, um, Department of Homeland Security, and so forth, but this archipelago of NGOs that sustained the disinformation scam that is linked very closely with government, both financially and in terms of a professional revolving door relationship, I would hope that those are investigated as well. And of course, maybe most importantly, all of these sort of psychological influence operations that have been conducted on the part, it's not just an issue of censorship, it's an issue of these bot farms and influence operations that have been conducted to influence politics in the United States and other Western nations. Um, Let's turn to this incredible article you've got. It's written with a nom de jour. The individual is obviously very sophisticated, but can't can't give his name. He'll be crushed in the financial and capital markets. Walk us through this piece and what does it mean? Yeah, it's very unfortunate. The author is, as you say, very sophisticated, one of the most intelligent people I know. But 
you know, it's it's easy for us to forget that we're in this, you know, uh, media world where we have the privilege of being able to say what we think. Very few people, even a lot of wealthy people, maybe especially a lot of wealthy people, just don't have the freedom of speech. They can't say what they think and they live in fear, which is very unfortunate. But in this case, I stood to benefit because I was able to publish this incredible piece. And what it's about is the question of how long will the U.S. dollar remain the global reserve currency? And as you know better than anyone, there's a lot at stake in this question, geopolitically, politically, economically, and so forth. And the case goes in great detail, covers all types of counterarguments, and its thesis is simple. U.S. dollar isn't going anywhere. It's the king of currencies and will remain the reserve currency in the world into the indefinite future. And in fact, the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency may in fact outlast the U.S.'s um, geopolitical influence militarily and in other means. That's how durable it is, according to this argument. And I'd be happy to get into the specifics of the argument, but I think generally why it's important, it speaks to this broader kind of psychological disposition that I think we see on the right. And, you know, in, in the title, it says, sorry, Zero Hedge. Now, I love the folks at Zero Hedge, but there's this kind of apocalyptic inclination that the Zero Hedge indulges in. I think a lot of people on the right indulge yeah. in. And it's because we see how eroded the standard of living is in the United States. We see the video clips of third world conditions in airports. We see Mogadishu-like conditions in Philadelphia. We see homeless people defecating in the street in San Francisco. We see incompetence and corruption everywhere we look. And I think it's very normal to say there, this is not sustainable and must translate into the decline of America as a geopolitical superpower. But the connection is not as strong as people think. And in particular, for the factors that enable the U.S. to have a global reserve currency are not as connected to the factors contributing to our plummeting standard of living. And so I think there's this inherent sense of it's not that we want an apocalypse, but our inherent sense of logic and justice sort of expects it because we see that nothing makes sense. But Actually, it doesn't quite work that way. And the system is far more robust and far more sustainable than we tend to think for better or worse. And that applies more than ever to the U.S. dollar status as a reserve currency. No, it's a it's a brilliant piece. The reason I want it up there is I absolutely I don't totally disagree with it, but I disagree with it. I think that the, the, the missing piece is that the way this happens is like it's an overused term now, but like Hemingway said, bankruptcy. It's slowly at first, and then all of a sudden, the major, and I know this, that the major powers that be right now are working like Trojans to get off the prime reserve currency. No, you can't do it anytime, and it's not going to happen next month. It's not going to happen in six months. But it, 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 if we go down and continue on this path, it will happen. Just like in England, you cannot, we will not be the prime reserve currency. And one of the things I point to is that right now, Russia, India, and China, particularly India and China, are buying gold at rates that would blow people away. The behind-the-scenes purchase of gold. Anyway, it's a fantastic piece. This is the kind of debate we need. This is the kind of thought piece we need. And once again, Revolver, 
is at the tip of the spear. While you're over at Revolver today reading this piece, this incredible piece in the dollar that gets you thinking about this in the Prime Reserve Currency, you gotta stick you gotta stick around and also read the Nikki Haley piece, which is the single best takedown of uh of Nikki ambitious as Lucifer Haley. It's just incredible. How'd they get you on social media? We gotta bounce, uh Darren. How do people get to you? At Darren J. Beattie on Twitter, at Revolver News on Getter, and as always, Revolver.News. Read the currency piece with an open mind because, again, a lot of people on the right, we all think everything's going to collapse because, again, it, it doesn't make sense. It's incompetent, but it's not that simple. So read it. Let me know what you think in the comments. Exactly. By the way, it's fantastic. The Nikki Haley piece, great. Revolver, one of the, ver- the early sites I go to every day before I get to my Financial Times. I want to know how the world really is. Darren Beatty, thank you. Honored. Thank you. Thank Revolver. Love him. Uh, Charlie Kirk in the uh, in the uh, follows us on Real America's Voice. A couple hours of, of a straight shot. No chaser of populist nationalism. We're back at five today. Matt Rosendale is going to join us tomorrow from Montana. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.